Good God bless you. We are here with Kingdom Consciousness, and tonight we're in Psalms 132. And Psalms 132 recounts all that David went through, all of his afflictions, all of his sufferings, and yet he says, I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord our God, a habitation for his holiness. So Zion is building, as we know, it was built by Solomon. But God was told, Arise, O Lord, this is verse 8, into thy rest, thou and the ark, which is the ark of the covenant, of thy strength. And so God turns around and turn and repeats his covenant with David that of the fruit of his body, there shall not lack one to remain on the throne, leading up to, of course, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As long as the children keep the covenant of God. It's a conditional promise. Then the Lord says, he has chosen Zion. In other words, he has accepted the gift. He has desired it for his habitation. In other words, he's going to rest there. And I recall a scripture where it says his foot rests in there. And it says, this is my rest forever here will I dwell for I have desired it. This is the king, this is the bridegroom coming to rejoice and to rest with the bride, which is the body of Christ. He says, I will abundantly bless her, that's the bride, provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. God does not forsake the poor. I know people make excuses about the poor you always have with you, but God does not forsake the poor. He went out of his way to feed those people that were following him when he was teaching and he took the fishes and the loaves. He went out of his way to feed the disciples. Children, have you any meat? He went out of his way to help them when they were fishing and they caught the fish and there were so many that the nets were about to break even though a second ship helped them. He never ever forsakes the poor and he acknowledges even their giving like the widow's might and those who have not to give but give out of their little and not out of their abundance. God takes note of that. And he says, I will also clothe her priests with salvation. Well, salvation really is the word Yeshua which means not only salvation, but with provision, with prosperity, with the desires of their heart, with everything that they have that's consistent with the will of God. He's going to clothe them with his son. Hallelujah, Yeshua HaMashiach. He's going to clothe them with salvation, day-to-day deliverance they will never, ever do without. It says, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. So for those of you who want quiet service, Zion's not going to be the place for you. Amen. It says, shout aloud for joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. And we're told to rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. And it says in verse 17, there will I make the horn of David to bud. Now the horn 
Remember, it's where you would go into the tabernacle and you would grab hold of the horn and the horn was where you went to plead for mercy. But then there's also the horn of oil, the horn of oil out of which the anointing is poured. And remember, David was anointed in 1 Samuel 16 uh, in in front of his brothers. He was called and they waited for him and Samuel anointed him. But he's saying he will cause the horn to bud so that there will be more anointings coming out of, more fruit coming out of, more deliverance coming out of, more priests coming out of, more holiness coming out of, more kings coming out of this horn. And ultimately, it is Jesus Christ. Amen. He says, I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. Thy word is a light unto my feet and what a lamp unto my pathway. He's giving him his light, though God is casting his light to make David's footsteps sure. And the lamp that he has given him is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. He's not as uh, we sing, the little light of mine, but he is the light of the world. He is the day spring from on high. Amen. The light that lightens the darkness that pierced the darkness. The darkness covered the face of the earth, but God said, let there be light. Now that does not mean that he created Jesus. No. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always been in existence, but it's to show you that when he created the greater and the lesser light and the stars, they had their brilliance. They had their radiance but they didn't have the brilliance and the radiance of Christ. Neither did Lucifer, whose name Lux means light. So that's the light that's been, the lamp that's been anointed. Christ is the anointed of God. Glory to God. It says, his enemies will I clothe with shame. And he has. He shamed Caiaphas. He shamed Herod. He shamed Pilate. He shamed Judas. He shamed all of those that betrayed Jesus. He converted the soldiers that were at the foot of the cross when the earthquake came and the veil of the temple was rent. They said, surely this is the Christ. But all of the others that stood in contempt against him and against who he was, who beat his back open, who spit on him, who pulled his beard, plucked his beard, who uh, crowned his head with thorns and put a purple robe on him and mocked him, who pierced his hands and his feet. Those were the ones that he, God clothed with shame because of what was done to his son, the Christ, the anointed of God, Emmanuel, God with us. It says, but upon himself shall his crown flourish. Are there not many crowns out there now? Hmm? In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And we sing that song, I shall wear a crown in the new Jerusalem. And the word of God says that as we labor, we will have crowns and some will have greater jewels, some will have lesser jewels. It depends on the 
nature of our labor in the kingdom. So these, this is actually our benefits package. Amen. But he said, after we have done all that we've been told to do, say that I am an unprofitable servant. I've only done that which I was told or appointed to do. So we see that it's in the heart of God. It's in the mind of God. It's in the spirit of God. It's in the will of God. It is in the capacity and ability of God to bless his people. He loves us. That's the point of this. For you to be encouraged that no matter how much smack the enemy talks, no matter how much junk is thrown at you in the world day in and day out, you need to know that you need to know that the Lord loves you. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And with loving kindness, I have drawn you out. He promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you. He said, when you are old and hairy-headed, hoary-headed, gray-haired, he's going to carry you. That's how good he is. What kind of husband, what kind of groom would leave his bride when she gets old? But then there's going to come a point when we transition As the old songwriters used to say, we will never grow old. Hallelujah. We will live with him in eternity. Amen. Because the leaves are for the healing of the nations and the water flows from beneath the throne. We can drink freely of it. And the father and the lamb are there in the midst and on the throne. And so there's nothing but glory. Amen. Nothing but glory, praise, and honor, and a good time rejoicing in and with and worshiping the Lord. So hold your head up. There's nothing but good waiting on you day in and day out. He said daily he loads us with benefits. Morning by morning, he wakeneth your ear to hear as the learned, and your tongue is the pen of a ready writer. He satisfies our mouths with good things, and he satiates the souls of the priests with fatness. God isn't skimping. He isn't a penny pincher. He isn't penurious. He wants to pour out his abundance on his bride. Are you ready? Ha <laughs> ha!